All right, hello everyone, and welcome back for episode four of the Cuck and Doobie Show. Um, we're going to start today off as we always do with the trade talk. Lots happened since last week, so Doobs, why don't you uh, start us off with um, the trades this week? Hello, Value City. Um, yeah, no, let's get right into trade talk. Sponsored by Spano Investments. Everyone wins when you choose Spano. So get at them for all your holiday specials this season. Uh, first trade we got on the table, Dallas sends Philip Scheidel to Carolina for Riley Smith. Neil and the Don get a good one here. Uh, Neil gets more reliable source for right now where Don picks up a future reliable um, it'll be interesting to watch Shido's development. Good trade. How about, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think this one's pretty fair. Uh, Dallas, he obviously gets the the better player right now. I think I think Heedle has uh, sneaky upside just because he's only I believe he's only twenty one. He's a twenty seventeen draft pick, yeah, but it feels 21. like he's, he's he's been in the league for for like multiple years. Where there's a lot of guys from that draft that are just kind of now entering. So it kind of seems like his development isn't that far along, but at the same time, he is so young. Uh, if he could somehow uh, get into that second line center role in a couple years when Strom's contract expires and they're not able to afford him, if he can fill that hole and become a good producer there, I see this is a big win for Don. Uh, if, for example, he doesn't necessarily get there, it'll be interesting to see um, where he fits in the lineup, and it will kind of depend on on how Riley Smith ages and how his production uh, is going into his 30s to kind of see where it ultimately ends up. Very fair point. Very fair point. So what's the next one now, Dubs? Um, well, we're on to a banger. It's Spano and Yarmo. Uh, getting ugly on this one. PLD on the move. We've been waiting for this for a long time. He's headed to the Long Island. Um, I was on the fence at first, leaning Yarmo, but I've started to respect Spano's move here more and more as each hour passes. Um, in Yarmo's case, he gets the depth he depth desperately needs. Uh, but Yarmo's in a weird spot. I expect him to be very uh, busy sounding the alarms, just with a lot, a lot of unknowns with the Nylander, the, da the latest DAC injury. It's going to be interesting. I expect him uh, to, to really be busy this holiday, so look forward to that. And then... Spano gets the gets his pig, man. That's it. That's a good trade for him. He gets that. He gets that guy that can uh, he he can build his roster around. So I li I like this trend. Yeah, I, I like this both ways. Um, some people criticize Yarmo getting two kind of middle of the road players for PLD due to kind of trading a pig for those pieces. However, I think you know Olafson and LeBanc are both you know twenty five ish, I believe. Uh, top six players that, that both get power play time um, and they're they're not super old and Yarmo's roster he needs depth so in this specific case I 100% see where he's coming from this trade might not have been for everybody but in Yarmo's case he gets back Olafson and LeBanc and I think the big x-factor piece is Cousins here uh, I think there's a couple things that will determine who really wins this trade I see it the likely outcome being Yarmo wins because for Spano to win the trade, he needs PLD to become a six point a game producer. If PLD stays at the 4.9 he was, um, Olafson, LeBanc, and Cousins easily uh, Yarmo wins that trade. However, if um, Spano, if PLD goes up to six points a game and Cousins doesn't pan out or he's a three, maybe even a three and a half, 
four point a game player, I'd still on I'd still probably like the PLD side. However, I think it's most likely scenario. PLD, uh, he gets in that five and a half, maybe six range. I honestly think Cousins will probably hit that five point a game range. And if if that happens, I think Spano uh, overpaid and when he got a little bit rushed and wasn't patient to just wait for Cousins to pan out. Because I think he's a very clear spot to that second line center, which again, I think that's the most valuable position in fantasy. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I think PLD has what it takes to get to that six mark. Might take a couple more years, but I think he gets there. Yeah, so now what's the next uh, quote-unquote trade you have oh, for wow. us? Oh, wow, look at, look at this. We got Sleepy Joe and uh, Spano. I'm actually going to pass the mic uh, to you on this one. To me, yeah, I honestly, I just, I thought it was hilarious. I think what, Joe What was ha- the trade, first of all? Oh, sorry. It was uh, to Sleepy Joe, Max Comtois, and to Spano, Matt Martin. So, yeah, I honestly, I think Joe's had this coming for a long time. This is kind of just, you flew too close to the sun. You got burned. Like, he tries this stuff all the time. Um, oh, you want Zemgus Gergensen? Oh, you want Leo Komarov for this, you know, good player? And it's it's just a long time coming that Joe had, had this end up. Uh, he got caught with his dick in his hands, and I think it was about time. So what do you think? <laughs> this one gave me a good laugh. Uh, you love to see it from Spano having some fun with uh, another one of Joe's uh, below-average offers. Um, but good laughs for everyone in Value City that day. Good trade. <laughs> yeah. So um, what's the next one you have for us? Uh, we got Chaka, John Chaka from Arizona, and Spano once again. Um, bit of a long trade. Max Comtois, Schmaltz, Stanley to Spano for... Or no, that's to Chaka. So Comtois, Schmaltz, and Stanley to Chaka. And Spano gets Dickinson, Zadarov, a first, a third, and a third. Um... Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting trade. I like Zaddy to the Islanders. Zaddy's Zaddy's a good fantasy player, especially in these banger leagues. So I like I like that pickup. Um, the Arizona first, he was just getting to move somewhere else for another player. So we'll we'll talk about that trade later. Um, overall, kind of a weird trade. I I, I think it was very even, both ways. Yeah. I think it was pretty even. I I personally, I like Comtois' upside a little bit better than any of the pieces in um, in Sp- that Spano received. Uh, I just think he, he hits. He's a peripheral guy. He, Anaheim doesn't have a ton of depth on uh, the wing that Comtois is. So he has a decent chance of making it to be a top six player. Uh, the Arizona first... Really hard to tell where that one will end up. I could see it being anywhere from 11th overall to 20th overall. So it's kind of hard to really put peg a value on that. Arizona's kind of a bit of a wild card. Um, so yeah, overall, I'd say pretty even. I don't really see a clear winner either way. Um, yeah. So what's For the next sure. one? Well, we're moving on to another Spano banger. I'm getting sick of saying his name, but he got Barkley Goodrow, a hell of a banger player. Um, and he sent Tracy Beecher in a 2021 third. Uh, excellent pickup for Spano, who who seems to be putting together a roster to make a run. And the league might have to stop sleeping on that roster soon, because I, I like his moves lately, to be honest. How, what do you think? I think there's a little bit more to this one, that if, again, if you didn't do your homework, 
you might think Goudreau looks like a really good fantasy player. He was four and a half points a game last year for about 900K. He's coming back on that same contract. I actually, in another league, was a Goudreau owner. And uh, earlier in the year, when he was on San Jose, both Hurdle and Couture were injured. And Goudreau was a first-line center for about a month, two months where he played with, I believe it was like Meyer and Kane. He was their first line center and he was a five point a game player. Whereas the year before, because again, I had Goudreau, I knew this. He was about three and a half, 3.2 points a game. If you look at Goudreau's numbers, when he, after the trade where he went to Tampa, he actually was only like about a three and a, three and a quarter, maybe three and a half fantasy point a game player. So again, he kind of reverted back to that average. So, yeah, I, I respect that theory, but but you could also you could also be a bit wrong because in the playoffs, Goudreau was a big piece of that Tampa Bay run, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I'm pretty sure he got uh, what was that line he was on? That third line was killing it. Uh, Goudreau, trying to remember, you you know this? You're a Tampa fan. I think was it Col- uh, Goudreau, Gord, and Coleman, I believe. Yeah, and, and that line's with now with Kucherov out. I think they're going to be driving a lot more offense and playing a lot more next season. So I, I, I think he's going to keep it up, at least in the fours, maybe just over fours. But I, th- I think he's definitely going to be there for this upcoming season. Yeah, that, that, I understand that point of view. That's fair. I, I just think, personally, he's not getting that power play one time. He's not playing... 22 minutes a night or 20 minutes a night as he did for that period on San Jose that really inflated his numbers and just if he doesn't get those minutes in I see I see him kind of reverting back a bit lower and both Tracy and Beecher are former first round picks who um, have definitely have the potential to become roster players so I think I would definitely give the edge to to Edmonton Kenny Holland but I guess we'll see how Goudreau ends up panning out so what's the next one you have for us here <sighs> Mario's back on the board. Um, him and Nil made a quick one, 30 seconds. Allegedly, this deal got done. Mario received JT Confer. Nilly got Halak. Um, yeah, I think Nilly's Nilly's also looking to make a run in these in this next upcoming years, and Halak could be could be a big help. I guess it will depend on how much Tuka's playing. Uh, what if he goes down and Halak has all the starts? Uh, it could be a big win for Nilly, but at the same time, if Comfort does remain uh, at that 3.5 to 4.5 range, he hasn't he hasn't exceeded fours in his career. But it, it is possible if he can get there. I think June wins this trade, um, but it, it I think Nilly had an extra roster spot, so he's he's filling a hole he needed, uh, and he's looking to make a run. So respect to Nil. Yeah, I understand it both ways. Um, I honestly think this is pretty fair. Uh, I'm curious how Boston will do the first uh, month or two with both Pasternak and Marchand out. Uh, I think they're going to maybe struggle off the start in that tough division. The other thing I've been looking at a lot lately is how players will do in this year, because it's a very strange year where you play the same you know, seven teams. You play them each eight times, right? So Boston is going to have to be playing the Islanders eight times. They're going to have to play um, the Rangers, who are a young team who should be better than last year. They're going to have to play Philly, who went on that crazy run to end the year. Washington, Pittsburgh, right? The list goes on. Um, They're not playing the Buffaloes anymore. Uh, So we'll see. The only really team I see in that division struggling is New Jersey. 
And so it'll be interesting to see how uh, Halak's numbers are not winning so many games because I just don't think they'll be able to. I believe Boston won the President's Trophy last year, did they not? No, I think Tampa did. Oh, did they? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyways, but I uh, I just see Boston as a team taking a step back, so it'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, no, so... no, that's good. Good. Um, this next one, I I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this one. I uh, trade between Nilly and Philly. Go ahead. All right. So Nilly got Eric Stahl, uh, Ryan Reeves, um, Jack Johnson. Uh, and a 2022 third. Uh, Philly got Woods, Dunn, and Chinakov, <laughs> and a Florida second, and Devin Levi. So I actually want to correct myself. I'm pretty sure Bo- Buffalo is in Boston division, so uh, Boston will get to play Buffalo. But on the flip side, Buffalo is going to have to play all those teams I just mentioned, and Eric Stahl got traded to Buffalo. So we'll see how he, he kind of pans out. Personally, I really like Philly's side of this, just in terms of the age of the players he got and kind of their their shelf life going forward. Eric Stahl's 36. He could, there's a decent chance this is his last year, maybe one more year at max. I really don't see him being the type of player that holds up till he's 40. Uh, Ryan Reeves is 33. Um, and how long can his banging body let? Yeah, exactly. He doesn't play that style of hockey that he... um, He'll kind of, you know, be able to skate around and dance people till he's 40. And then Jack Johnson. Honestly, Jack Johnson's just a bum. Like, I can't he, even trade Jack Johnson for a third in the other league. Yeah, he's literally just worthless. Um, I don't know. I see Chinikov has upside. Uh, if he becomes an NHL player, he's got a chance to um, fit well into Columbus's lineup. The one thing... Uh, as well with Chinikov is if you're the GM of if you're Yarmo the real Yarmo and you're taking Chinikov at 21 or whatever and it's a looks like a crazy pick at the time that's going to make you all the more willing to try and ma- validate yourself that you made a good pick so I'm a big believer in teams they like to they like to try and get their first round picks to become NHL players so they don't look like idiots. If Chinikov is just an absolute bust, this looks really bad on Yarmo. So I think he'll do everything in his power in order to give uh, Chinikov an opportunity to succeed. Uh, Woods and Dunn are both 24 and 25, and both with some room to improve, especially Dunn. I believe Dunn was not this last year, but the year before, 3.1, 3.3 fantasy point a game player. And he's a, he's a D-man, but he is a roster player that will probably be in the NHL for a, a number of years, whereas the, the players nearly traded are um they're older definitely won't be around nearly as long but i understand i think what nilly's looking at right now is he sees in the new division alignment basically steve as being his only real threat and then there's kind of columbus and me who should be in the mix for playoffs and tampa bay and so nilly sees kind of an opportunity where he's not up against those st louis that minnesota and Winnipeg, that really tough div, and and Burnaby Joe. And so I see him kind of trying to utilize that to make a run for this year. And then it'll be interesting to see what he does after that, if it works out or if it doesn't, how he'll what direction he'll take with his team. Because he's got some big contracts coming to, to Hughes and Heisken. And I think once they sign those, they'll be pretty hard guys to move just due to 
to their fantasy production to what their contracts are. So yeah, sorry that was a, quite the rant, but what do you <laughs> no, think no, about no, this one? Good. Um, no, yeah, yeah, I think Philly wins the trade, but I, I see what Neil's doing. He does see that opportunity, and I, I think he sees a, sees a chance to go for a run this year, next year. And then if worse comes, worse comes to worse, he can always tear down and build around those young, big pieces he has. The Rossies, Kaprizovs, the Hughes, the Heiskanens. Um, so it's a minor rebuild if he, if he does have to go that road. And why, why not go try to make the finals, try to, try to make some noise your first year? I love it. Yeah, so now the next one, um, we got Spano. Uh, he got Brent Burns from San Jose. San Jose finally got his asking price after months and months. He got a 2021 first, Arizona's, a Buffalo 2021 third, and Ryan Murray. Uh, Dubes, what are your thoughts on this one? I'm just trying to <clears throat> decipher the value between Dowdy at 11 million and Burns for 8 million, and wonder if that's like a big enough difference to give up the, what he did. Um, yeah, I mean Burn, Burns is is a pig. No, get don't get me wrong. So I mean he he adds another another big player to his roster that can put up those big nights and win him weeks. And um, like I said, Spano's gonna have a roster. I actually think he's gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, I think he's this this piece definitely um it came at quite the price. I think a first, especially it's not a late first. I would say it's would be um categorized as a mid first. The Arizona first, that's kind of where I I peg him as. Um I think it is hard because yeah, he basically just dropped Doughty for for to trade a first for Brent Burns. Is that 3 million in cap space and I don't know, one point a game? Is that really worth trading away a first i would probably say no um i think the arizona first might have been a bit much for burns anyways but it'll be interesting to see i think if spanos plays it right he's gonna he traded away his 2021 first he traded away his 2022 first um if he plays it right he tries to compete these next two years and then maybe see you you get in the playoffs really that's all you need anything can happen once you kind of punch your ticket to get there if he, after those two years, once he has his 2023 first, I could see him uh, rebuilding, to be honest. That's kind of where I, I see his future. I don't know if he'll do that, but yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, for sure. So how about you lead us into the next one here? Yeah, so we saved this one for last because we are going to uh, introduce a new segment afterwards. Uh, it was to Jimbo, uh, Matt Duchesne. And to Kenny Holland, uh, Abruzzese, uh, Allison, and Co., and a Detroit 2022 second. And so our new segment is called Exposed. So in the new segment, Exposed, we're going to be going over kind of just exposing people for for their behaviors and the scandals kind of going on. So this first one is about <laughs> the, the Fab is the Fab prospect scandal. Uh, what we can notice about this trade is Matt Duchesne was traded for three prospects who all cost one fab and a Detroit 2022 second. So to all the GMs out there who are um, trading for prospects or uh, you're getting offered these prospects, what I want you to do is go on your phone or your computer. Whenever you, whenever you get offered a guy, let's say uh, Jimbo says, hey, I'll give you Abruzzese for... X. 
look, click on his name, scroll. You'll see it says overview, stats, splits, games, fantasy. Keep scrolling. And then when you see transactions, fantasy, click on it. And then once you click on that, it will say the transaction that occurred. So for example, it will say Jimbo picked up Abruzzese, uh from free agency, aka Fab, uh, a month ago, or three days ago, or you know, two weeks ago, and so you can kind of easily see. Okay, this guy just picked him up, and he's just trying to ship me his his garbage for to get better prospects or a player. So that's something that I've found is very useful, as you can see, kind of because sometimes it is hard to to recognize who are the quote unquote good prospects versus the prospects who are really no different from the free agency prospects. And so that would be my um, recommendation going forward. And then again, just looking at Dauber, uh, I think Braid, Braid, I don't know, Co. I don't even know what his first name is. His Dauber was like five fantasy and two and a half uh, NHL certainty. Isn't that right, Dubes? Like he, yeah, well, it wasn't pretty. He like these guys just do your homework before you, you accept uh, accept these guys, so yeah, I'll let you let you talk on the matter a bit. Yeah, too. I mean, I mean, it's just Jimbo at it again. This is about five or six trades in a row. He's done a really good job at winning, and you you almost, you just have to bow the hat and respect it. Um, with that being said, it's it's not the greatest look on Jimbo, and and you almost expect the Jimbo trade pipes to start freezing up and freezing up quickly. Uh, with with the the lack of assets that he's that he's running out uh, resorting to the one fab pickups yeah that's really you're scraping the bottom of the barrel but hey props to you for, for doing it um the other thing is if you are a rebuilding team for example i could see from edmonton's perspective just to you know give him the benefit of the doubt he's a rebuilding team uh duchene has a big contract he might be hard to move uh maybe he wasn't getting any offers other than jimbo so he said hey you know what this is the best offer I've gotten. I'll just take it. But there's no shame. in again, this is where I give San Jose a ton of credit. San Jose has Burns, who's 35. If he doesn't like the offer, he says, no, I'll hold on to Burns, right? He's just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then what do you know? He gets his offer and he walks away. Um, I'd say a winner. Uh, Jimbo with Duchesne, or sorry, uh, Kenny Holland with Duchesne. If you hold on to him and the season's going... Maybe a team that's trying to make a run at it, boom, their player that makes eight million dollars or seven, you know, nine million dollars gets injured for next the last two months, three months of the season. Uh, you would be in a very good negotiating position as you kind of would be able to to really get a ransom for a guy like Duchesne, who's still a, a solid fantasy producer, to one of those teams that has an injury. And again, there's 30 other teams in the league, so there's bound to be at least one kind of big name injury. For example, Kucherov. Kucherov just went down for the he's out for the whole regular season. So somebody like Tampa could maybe be interested in picking up a guy like Duchesne to fill that void for for the remainder of the year. So that's kind of my my thoughts on on this. And just everybody's got to watch. We got to start watching out for those Fab prospects. But let's let's uh, give a shout out to all the GMs. Like, keep making these moves. Uh, we 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 love talking about them. Um, and and in in on all honesty, the trading is how teams get better. So everyone should participate. And uh, over the holiday seasons, I'm expecting a lot of bells to be sounded. Yeah, I agree. We love the trades. We love the activity in the league. Um, 
And speaking of activity in the league, that actually leads us into our next uh, segment is Nashville, who usually is very quiet, doesn't really say much in the chat. He's put a couple guys on the block. And so this is kind of new territory for Nashville. And so we're kind of going to go over um, a couple of the players and maybe what kind of potential returns he could be getting. Um, Rene, Rene, you know, he's a 35-year-old goalie, I believe. Uh, he doesn't really fit Nashville's build at the moment. Um, I'm assuming Rene could get traded for some picks or prospects, uh, maybe a young roster player with some upside. I could see, for example, a deal like Rene and a second for a first, uh, something like that, where Nashville, he's got a lot of pieces. Um, and so he's really trying to look for those quality pieces. So if you're a contender, you could maybe trade something like uh, one of your firsts that might be kind of mid to late for, for Rene, and maybe you even get a second back. And that's, you're honestly, you're getting a goalie who's who's consistent, plays in a team with good defensive system. Um, so that's kind of where I see Rene's value at, something like that. Yossi, um, Yossi is one of those guys. He's the top scoring, uh, fantasy scoring defenseman in the NHL. And he did just sign a big contract, but I think people will end up eventually as the season wears on. They're going to want to make room for a guy like him because he just puts up points. And so I could see maybe a team like Anaheim trading a young a young piece like uh, a Yamamoto or a Sam Steele or Dylan Dubé and um, and Cam Fowler for the cap and maybe like a second, depending on kind of which of the first three guys I mentioned, something like that. Or I was going to, again, this is before Spano traded for Burns, I was thinking a deal involving a young player who's maybe um, making a bit more money then their contract looks kind of not the best at this point in time, but down the road, that contract will look better and better, such as uh, Ivan Provorov. Um, something like that might be a good deal for Yossi. But I think these guys both have a lot of value, and um, Nashville's probably going to w- wait for a solid offer. But I think uh, I think people are underestimating Yossi a bit and kind of what he brings to the table fantasy wise. Cause those, those big producers on the back end are just so hard to find. So it's just kind of using that positional, um, that positional utility. So what we're going to talk about next is Joe's next move. So Dubes, I want you to start us off. What do you think Joe Joe's next move is going to be? Well, Joe, Joe's team's looking really good. I, I love him being active. He's kind of been quiet in the in the trading aspect this last couple of weeks, and I'm I'm looking for him to have a big Christmas. Um, I want to I want Joe to start thinking bigger. I, fuck all these little small deals. Start looking into the three for threes, the two for twos, the four for fours, even. Um, and and I want to start seeing some more bargain uh get get more value for your trades and i i love the team and he's he's doing a good job but he's got to keep grinding the phones and he's got to say deal more yeah i agree the the one thing with uh joe's team that i see where he he's lacking is that depth like he's got alex biega zach bogosian or two of his and nathan fucking bull you or whatever his name is he's got those are three of his his demon and Julius Honka. Those are four of his 7D, 8D that he has on his team. And like on his bench, he has Matt Martin, Sonny Milano, Leo Komarov, 
Stefan Nosen. These are all Zemgis is probably somewhere in there. Um, he's got a lot of guys that really just have no business, I guess, being on a roster. Like, and you just got to stop offering those for people. Like, no one's going to give you anything for those, I don't think. Um, but the place where you should be probably trying to move guys is your prospects. You have a deep prospect pool. If you trade, you're going to have to trade assets to get assets, right? So if you can trade those prospects for some replacements, depth replacements for your roster, I think that'll go a long way because... Um, but think you know, big, Joe. Think big. Yeah, so that's what we have for for his his next move. Bit of bit of both. Both of us got a couple of different ideas, but we'll see. We'll see what Joe does. It's All gonna right. be very interesting. But let's uh, let's bring in a guest. How about that? Yeah. So we'll cue the music. Um, mm-hmm. I got. I it. got it. Here. You got it. And we're gonna welcome in a good friend, uh, Phil. Hello. How you doing, Bill? Or Don? You go by Don or Bill? Don, Bill. nice to have you, man. This is an episode I've been really excited about, just to get some of your insights um, about everything. So yeah, no, happy to have you. Happy to be here. All right. So I think what we'll start off with is um, we just wanted to give you the floor to talk about um, fantasy hockey news. Um, You've been posting some of the links in the chat. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to tell everybody um, what it's about and what you're trying to accomplish and kind of anything else on the subject that you uh, you want to kind of touch on. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I caught COVID in the beginning of December and it was pretty mild. So I didn't have a lot of things to do. What I did with my time was I was just like, I like fantasy hockey, just like the regular schmo. Uh, I figure I'm a pretty good writer. I just wanted to put the two together and try to create a website where it's just something different that people could go and enjoy maybe not just get fantasy hockey news but maybe just like some other type of hockey news I I like to try to write on different topics and yeah I try to make it fun and enjoyable so like there's a lot of different segments Uh, both John and Dubas here each have their own segment that I'm trying to get going here Uh, specifically like with John we're trying to do a an idea where we talk specifically about like trade value and fantasy hockey. So not, there's not a lot of videos out there where it specifically discusses like how uh, the, the value of Andre Vasilevsky, for example, like a lot of people know that he's extremely valuable and a lot of people know he's extremely valuable because he's not only gets saves, but he gets wins. And so those are, are two things extremely rare, but then, Everybody knows that, but not everybody knows the exact player that you should match him up against in terms of a one-for-one mm. trade. Like, where, where, where do you get that value in terms, like, say you're overloaded on goalies, you don't need Vasilevsky, but you need his equivalent value. So that's where we're trying to address certain trades, you know, uh, not just goalies, but, like, down the list. So, like, when someone trades a prospect like Pod Colson, like what Dubis has, what kind of players should you be giving up in return? Because when you trade high-end five-point, like the idea was, and we discussed this, 
uh, was Pod Colson around Riley Smith. And for me, I wouldn't even consider trading Riley Smith for Pod Colson because I don't think I'll ever get those points back. And for Dubas, he's saying, well, he's going to be a six-point player, yada, yada, yada. I don't care. Tell me the whole world. But in the end of the day, um, to be a six-point player puts him right in pig category, and there's no chance that he's progressed or projected to be a pig just yet in fantasy hockey. So, um, like, when you look at it, when you see pigs, you see the high-end defense, you see a whole bunch of centers, and then you see the elite of the elite wingers, right? So, um not a knock on Pod Colson, just not a pig in terms of what we have in the fantasy hockey league. So that's the the one segment is nailing out trades and stuff like that. And then the other one, uh, in the den here, we have uh, me and Dubis uh, trying to spend money and making money so I could fund my cryptocurrency addiction here. Uh, how I got it was through uh, UFF, which is like the ultimate fantasy hockey league kind of thing. And uh, John wanted me to talk on this too just a little bit uh and what that was was it's actually pretty neat and i encourage you like if you like prospects and stuff uh just joining the chat was pretty cool in terms of the hockey stuff that they talk about but what it is in general is that essentially you get into the crypto game because it runs all off of like cryptocurrency and what you do is like myself i'm a scout so uh when the whole league started they had a whole draft, uh, the scouts did. So like the scouts get first dibs on the players. And uh, during that draft, uh, Shane Wright, for example, uh, went for $550 uh, worth of cryptocurrency. Um, and then this past draft, so like just consider that for context. This past draft, Raymond and Holtz, who went seven and eight over, or like four, four and eight overall, they sold for $700. So like that's not even the first pick and they sold for $300 more than what a scouts bought for. So like the yeah. NHL team will draft and then they draft off of what um whoever whatever players they want and it just so happens if uh you own that player well you're going to get that money kind of thing. So that's where the the value of your scouting comes in. And so um to build off of that we have a Fanalytica website. Well, I shouldn't say we Rob um one of the players in my league he built a website that helps you to draft called Fanalytica. And I talk about that on my website. There's a link in that for it, but it helps you project players uh, specifically for fantasy hockey. So uh, if you're trading away those late round picks, even though we ax them, um, this helps you in terms of the waiver wire. So uh, if you ever want to know a prospect who you don't know much about, or like if you want to try to build your minor squad, well, this is the website that'll do it because it'll show you those late round picks that, um, we're passed over just because maybe they were hurt for this season. Uh, maybe they just didn't have a good year that year or the team didn't have a good year, but they had strong underlying numbers this kind of stuff. So it brings all that stuff to light so you don't have to go looking for it. So very good website. And yeah, it's meant just to, it's like a whole fantasy hockey website built meant to just help you, uh, help you out, bring you laughs. And uh, yeah, uh, th that's it for the general idea of it yeah no i think it's awesome what you're doing and i i highly suggest everyone to go check out check it out at least um the right the write-ups are hilarious and they actually give you good facts on helping your helping you build your team so go check it out the podcasts are coming 
Uh, there's no real other place to uh, look at the get any other podcast strictly on fantasy hockey. So it's it's, it's going to be good chat. Yeah, the other thing I think that's cool um, is I remember Rob, just for the people to kind of, I guess, know that ultimate fantasy league or whatever. Isn't like Craig Button a scout in the one you're in? Didn't Rob yeah, say that? He's my nemesis, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Craig Button. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, apparently, yeah, Rob was saying that he was like chatting to him about the league and stuff. That's just kind of, it's, it's just wild to think about, but that's pretty cool. Um, that's actually the guy who owns Shane Wright. So um, really, you're doing this more for a, a fun kind of thing because there are like people that know their shit here. Um, I, I pay the, the 20 buck registration just for the group chat kind of thing. So, similar to your league because I'm not winning anytime soon. I'm paying 50 <laughs> bucks just to freaking hound on people. And then like, I'll, I'll, I'll get it back. I don't care. Fuck whatever everybody else says. Um, and fuck, yeah, <laughs> fuck everybody uh, just for that matter. Uh, we'll get that off my chest. Right now, <laughs> like where this it. is going. Yeah, there's lots of hate throwing Don's way, and f- fuck it, I'm, I'm just fucking chilling. Don't mind Don. Don't mind <laughs> hashtag. Don't mind Don. So this actually leads us into our next piece. Uh, Dubes, I'll let you um, take this one. Uh, start us. Yeah, off no. Here. So like, as an outsider, you're not from like Langley, where most of us are from. I wouldn't say all of us, but but most of us. Um, what are your opinions of these certain GMs, their teams, what they've done with their off season, anything in the past that caused you some issues, whatever it is? Uh, feel free to go off. Um, okay, so, let's yeah. start with Mario from Pittsburgh. This was a pretty big question. Like for for me personally, like when everything started. Um, I was good friends with the original Edmonton, like I still am. We actually went to high school together, so uh, we were pretty close. And like, there was all like that racist stuff in chat. Like for yeah. me, only um, that's just what an internet group chat can devolve into. So like, I don't take anything personally from that because like, Yarmo reached out to me and kind of like apologized for the group and what everybody was saying, just because uh, didn't want just didn't want to be like uh have that negative light around him kind of thing so that was pretty cool and i think that was uh awesome of yarmo to do but uh that that's edmonton and that's why he left the league uh myself i don't really care much for that like you guys are going to say what you want kind of thing and uh i think someone said it's like just to get the laugh out of the boys so uh like I, I won't ever participate it and like i'll try my best to in the group chat to put it at least a, like a a governor on things kind of thing but for the most part like you guys are really funny uh i i don't really hate anybody specifically uh like you are for the most part you you seem to have good heads except when things kind of run a, run away on you and you you guys oh. keep running uh talking talk talking the smack and then uh yeah uh lines get crossed kind of thing but other other than that for the most part you langley guys are good stuff the real pat quinn just showed up pat quinn you gotta we're recording a podcast right now say hi and then quickly quickly hit the road we'll leave you in though interesting we have a podcast now jesus christ oh this is the fake (laughs) pat quinn yeah it's the holy fucking oh no the real pat quinn this is the real pat quinn real pat quinn we got a we got we got things going on here. I'll get keep going, boys. I'm playing Call of Duty. All right, see ya. Great to see ya. Hurry on.
Uh, good to see a good friend of the show there. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. We'll leave that part in. Um, all right. So where were we? I believe. Yeah, that's right. the thing. Like the whole. I I definitely there's there's lines and we have to be aware of when they're crossed. I think we've definitely um, everybody's a little bit more cognizant of where those lines are now, um, just with the language and kind of referring to things. So. Because again, yeah, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable and leave. And it's just honestly, this is not. Before it was kind of definitely a lot worse. I think we've definitely gotten better, and so it's just kind of make sure everything doesn't get out of hand. And like, I don't want to talk behind his back and stuff. Uh, I kind of want to put it behind us, but like, it, it it is funny because like when it this all happened, John's messaging me because uh like i'm a commissioner myself of my own league and like john makes fun makes fun of it and i think it's hilarious how he does uh <laughs> but but like uh ian in my league and in other leagues is just chirping john nonstop for like all this hate and stuff that went on and john's just like i didn't know what happened kind of th- like he didn't Understand. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Ian exactly. was just salty because of he got booted, and he thinks I booted him because. But I only <laughs> booted him when he said, like, he was not going to get kicked out or anything at all until he said, "I'm going to burn your league down exactly. and ruin my team beyond repair." I think, I think like, yeah, I think he was more mad because he got that trade vetoed, and he was sitting. He was already sitting with a pretty good team, as oh. you saw with uh, the GM that took over. Um, yeah. but he, if if he made that trade. He was he was starting to make a team that could go for a run, and he was he was really upset. I think that oh, yeah. it got vetoed. Yeah, so like I mean, like I understand why Ian was mad, but it's just funny because every time John talks now, and no matter what group chat we're in, it's like Ian's coming in and it's like, well, at least I'm not a racist. And oh yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. It's literally just like, what the fuck? I didn't even say anything. Like exactly, yeah, like. So, uh, what happened out of all of it was just a lot of hate and stuff. And so every time you guys bring up Ian and stuff, it's just, it brings a laugh because, um, John's still getting it from Ian in other leagues. So rest assured, Cut gets a hard time in not just our league, but in other leagues. And I, and I make sure of it. <laughs> Him and his stepping stool can kick rocks. Yep. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, the the other question or other part of that question was uh, teams that I took note of, and for for me honestly, um, when I did this trade, uh, I had every intention of the team sucking, but I mean he did a good job the past couple of days, and that would be the Islanders. Um, I, I I think they're that they definitely improved, but are we going to call them playoff bound? Uh, I don't see any pigs on that team outside. P- maybe the Proverov. The, yeah, Proverov. Yeah, Proverov. Burns uh, is close too if he has a big game. Yeah. Who is? But Brent Burns. He just picked up Burns. Oh. But I mean, Burns is what thirty six, and I mean, San Jose yeah. wants to get Carlson back in the mix. I is he thirty six? Yeah, he's that. How did you not know he's that old? He's. Oh, he's man. pretty sure he's turning. Yeah, he's, he's thirty six. Like no, he's 30, 35 or 36, yeah. Any, any, let's move on to another GM. What about Mario from Pittsburgh? Mar- uh, Mario, I didn't take a lot of notice of just because um, I'm in the basement and he's kind of having, he's got uh, Malkin and Crosby, I believe, so he's all in kind of thing. So where we're at is kind of in two different places. I expect him to hit me up for some players down the line here. 
does um, he but, make some noise this year in playoffs? Uh, that's the thing. When you got Higgs, you absolutely have the chance to. The thing is, do you have enough supporting cast or complementary players? And right now, so he's got Marshall. So one, two, three, four. Um, he's got a top-heavy roster, but those top-heavies are strong. So right now, you have to ask yourself about Hoffman, where he ends up. And then you have to ask yourself about Brian Rust and then the situation about Zucker and Getzel coming back and then how much of the, an impact that's going to have on Rust because Rust was getting a lot of power. Kapanen, the addition of Kapanen too. Yeah. So, I mean, Rust was always a reliable player, but he broke out last season in terms of uh, points from a fantasy-wise perspective, I think. So, uh, Crosby, Malk, and Marsh is so... They're all first-line players, uh, even though Malik and Crosby are like a 1A, 1B. Uh, but I don't think they have the depth because when you want to contend, you want to have more than just, uh, I'm counting <coughs> players above four. So it, it's more about depth. I'd be more scared from teams like Dubis, Detroit, Colorado. Uh, Colorado, I think, is one of those teams where if they just sit tight, like they have so many good prospects right now, um, they just need to wait for an injury, pounce on a team that thought they were in it, but they aren't, and then trade those prospects to that team because they're undoubtedly going to have UFAs, and those UFAs this year are going to be so valuable. So, like a guy like Taylor Hall, um, anybody who has, I if I was a team contending, and if the T- Taylor Hall wasn't on a contending team, I would be looking to acquire Taylor Hall because he's about to break out and have a great year, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It would be Detroit, Colorado, uh, Ottawa right now in the teams of who I'd be looking out for. Pittsburgh, uh, probably a pretender at this point. Share that opinion. I think I think you need those pigs. Like He has the Crosby, the Malkins, but as you touched on, he, he's got a lot of kind of, you know, two point a game guys filtering out his roster. And he has all his players are basically 24 and older. Most of his actual producing players, Crosby, Malkin, um, Marsh, so Hornquist, Hoffman, Edler, they're all in their, their thirties, basically. Um, Marsh so is 29, but they're like, no, he's got no players on his roster that are kind of that, oh, they're 21, 22. They had a two and a half point a game season this year, but maybe they'll break out into becoming a four point a game player. Like there's, there's no one with that upside potential. They're all kind of where they're at and only going to get worse due to, to age. And so I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's where I have him, but yep. And what Who's... worries what worries me about Pittsburgh is what do you expect of Crosby now in terms of points? Like he's not a hundred point player anymore. Um, he's he's smart enough to know that it's all about the playoffs because he wants to get the cups. So Malkin too. I think you're going to see a reserve Crosby, a reserve Malkin in terms of uh, how, how players battle in the boards, collecting hits, um, grinding it out, and then getting the goals that come from that. I think that's more of a Getzel, Russ kind of job, uh, Zucker. So, uh, I mean, Crosby's going to be good because he wins face-offs undoubtedly, and he gets the one power play. But 
he finished with an 8.34 points per game last season. To think he does that again when he's 33, I think that's a little bit tough. I think Pittsburgh does a more scoring by committee approach this year. So I think there's going to be a little bit of regression in terms of even his picks too. Um, so I, I think Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to be in tough. Uh, who I really like in our division would be probably Washington. Um, they they captured my eye the most. Um, but that's just because I know Jesse and I know what he's all about. So when I saw him come into the league, uh, he did exactly what I thought he would in terms of looking for the high-end kind of older vets. And that's what you need when you want to contend. You need those guys going to play those minutes. So uh, – a lot of people hate David Perron. Well, David Perron's going to win you the damn fucking league uh, if you acquire him for the right price. So uh, that that's what Jesse does a good job of. He does a good job of acquiring those older guys like you see Shea Weber, Andre Pallet. Uh, like even Toffoli's a little bit older now. Uh, but he's got Leon Dreisel. He's got a flush... Uh, roster of four point players. He's he's very deep. He's probably the deepest team in the league, I would say. And then he's got the best player in the league too. So he he really lost a lost a step when he lost Alex Dalek. Um, I have him in another league, and I was counting on him too. So seeing him get hurt really really sucked. But um, uh, the the only thing holding him back is I think he went all in too quick. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of prospects in terms of high value. I mean, he's got Dustin Wolf, but you're going to need someone to value goalies extremely high to get a significant player back. So it's going to be interesting to see how he brings in more talent because I, I think he's maxed out in terms of uh, bringing in players uh, with high-scoring fantasy points and not giving one back. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy works the phones harder than anyone I uh, I know, does. and and um, you, you can expect him in your DMs a lot this uh, this season. So look forward to that. He also he's he's a quite over the cap, I believe. He's from what I think he put in the group yeah. that he's selling uh, selling Pavelski, and I I don't think he'll be able to get much for him just considering the position that he's in. He's basically just going to have to kind of give him away for free. And the other area that I could see him potentially an area to improve is just a little bit more depth. Like if he could somehow replace Irwin and Ulat, who I really don't know the likelihood of them playing much, maybe Irwin like seventh defenseman kind of thing. But if he can find even just roster players to fill out those reserve spots, um, I think that'll, that'll definitely help. But he's, he's one of the, one of that kind of top group, of apex apex predators in in the league so um another guy we wanted to ask you about is uh gardeep from vegas so what Gardeau. do you think about Gardeau. Gardeau. what do you think of his uh his moves over the last couple of weeks and kind of what shape his team's in so before i look at his team uh i remember before the season began i was looking at the roster and to me it screamed uh, bottom bottom ten. Um, so now I'm going to pull up his roster and I'll give you another impression here. <laughs> yeah, because he he is definitely um going to rebuild uh, way, which I think was a smart move for him. 
Um, so, so yeah. like, I, I'm doing a rebuild thing in my only, like, uh, what I would like to clarify, I guess, with my fantasy hockey news page or website or whatever is that um, I'm definitely not trying to claim that I know it all. Uh, within it, I'm just trying to provide helpful, guideful tips. So, like, I'll never say this is exactly what you should do more. This is the scenario, and this is what's going to, what would most likely help you best if, in this scenario. So, um, even if it doesn't work, the idea is like, I just want you to think outside of the box in terms of fantasy hockey, just because once you get like stagnant thoughts, um, that's where problems start coming in. So just get, I just want you to have new thoughts with fantasy hockey and hopefully it develops your, your team in a better sense. And by no, we, no means do I think I know, know it all. Like I'm a lot more, I, I know my limitations and I'm not a fucking a, a genius in fantasy hockey by any means. I just like to write and this is a good outlet for me. Um, so with that being said, my, my critical um, critique of Vegas would be that this is screaming to be a long rebuild. Um, I I don't see any high end goalie prospect that will eventually be a one one G. I don't see. Well, he's got Shea Theodore. Garand. Ekblad. Dylan Garand. He said he traded uh Varlamov Garand for Varlamov one for one. Which oh, so Varlamov's coming in here. No, no, he he got rid of Varlamov for oh, Garand. I see. Sorry. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, just just looking at the roster, there's it it looks exactly like my roster, except he's better off in terms of defense because he's got Ekblad, Theodore, and Gerard, who all are signed long term and are relatively good. Uh, defense to have because Theodore and Ekblad will undoubtedly run the power play and Gerard will play first line with uh, Makar and I don't have any of those players so uh, just like me um, our goal is getting as many high-end fantasy forwards through the draft as possible so what I would be doing if I was Vegas is exactly what he's doing now in terms of picking up first round picks so uh, the only crappy thing is those first round picks are Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and the Avs. The three are two of the <laughs> three teams I said that are going to finish in the top three. And then uh, Pittsburgh's another team, even though they might not be a top five team, they're still going to have a really strong season. So, I mean, you're you're collecting the wrong first. But the good thing is you have my first next season. <laughs> um, but but the thing is, my team, as bad as it is, it's not really as bad as you think it is because yeah. I'm definitely going to be getting a lot of points this season because all of my players um, throughout my roster are going to be getting points. So it's a matter of me setting my lineup the proper way. Um, do I think I'll make playoffs? No. Do I think I'll be a top 10 team? Uh, the goal is not to be because I don't want Vegas to... <laughs> capitalize on my first round pick fuck you vegas so yeah um, yeah with that being said i I think vegas is a fun team to watch i mean he's got glass he's got the the deep robertson uh yeah robertson mcmichael robertson's a nice piece but if you look at toronto i i bet you he's traded i i really do um that top six is full uh they just drafted that russian who's taken off right now 
uh, this guy just screams someone that will be able to bring in uh, a, a really needed, like Toronto's uh, weak when it, physically. Like they brought in Wayne Simmons to address it, but when he's only playing fourth line minutes, uh, you're not really going to notice that strength. I think they want someone uh, with a little bit more bulk in the top six, and that's because they would want someone uh, to grind it out in the corners like Zach Hyman does, right? If they could get another one of those, that'd be great. So for to me, I mean, if they hold Robertson, great, but uh, I don't see him being a Maple Leaf forever uh, in the near time. Well, and then, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's just my take on Vegas. They're going to be just like me, long rebuild, but may probably get out of the basement a little bit sooner than I will. Okay, Dubs, who's another team you wanna you wanna throw out there for, or any teams actually, Don, that you want to talk about in specific, teams or pl- GMs that you've you've messaged or any interactions you've what had. What about what about all the GMs from uh, both leagues, like Steve, uh, New Saint Jeremy, St. Louis, yeah, Doug, I'm just pulling up the standings page so I can get a make sure I see all the GMs here, um. For the most part, Colorado's been a pleasant to talk to with trades. Uh, he's funny. Uh, we were just talking trades the other day. Uh, he 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 comes at me. He wants a player. He wants a couple roster players, and I tell him, "Okay, I I I need a first because for me, when I'm trading, it's I'm giving up a player who's got term, who's going to get you points, who's signed on a nice long or who signed on a cheap contract. So you you got to give up value." And Colorado comes at me. His first offer is dog shit. Second offer is a little bit better than Weird. that. Third offer is just a little bit better than that. So I like he 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 plays the game and he plays it pretty good. And I, I love it. It makes me laugh every time I get an offer from Colorado because um, <laughs> I love Joe. Good man. Yeah, yeah. You, you just gotta understand where Colorado's coming from, and he's coming from a place where he's trying to make his team the best. So um I mean, it's, it's kind of transparent to see through. So I, I like Colorado for that regard. He provides a good laugh. Uh, Vancouver's funny. I like Vancouver. They We don't talk trade at all. They just make me laugh. Uh, another good one is, I, I hate the Islanders. They're my rival. Uh, fuck them. <laughs> Your rival. That's, you love to see it. Uh, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Fuck Minnesota, too. Um, and Call this is out. specifically Call because, out. Um, when the league for and fuck you, John, too, for the the lottery that was bullshit. I clicked the uh, button, dude. Like I don't know what yeah. you want me to do. But fuck your click. Um, so I get uh, team team over, team thirty one overall to be drafted. So I was like, uh, no, I, I, like, I really wanted to contend in the season, so. Uh, at least to begin kind of thing, because I already had rebuilding teams kind of thing. And this was just like the third <laughs> uh, of my leagues that I was in. So I, I just wanted to be a contender kind of thing. And so uh, I had 31. I traded up to team five, and that was with Minnesota. And like you said, I gave my one, two, three, and four in the team draft. Yeah. And I also believe I gave him like my one first and second prospects uh, in twenty. Like in this year and then the next year too. Yeah, your your like prospect yes. draft picks. Yeah, like I I definitely overpaid and like I, I'm fine to admit that I lost that trade and like the, I always knew I was going to lose that trade. The idea was I trade back, which is why 
um, I always knew you were team five or team seven because I traded team five to you kind of thing. Yeah. And in that trade, I got a second back. So like I was always uh, like I moved back several times and I got those picks back to the point where I didn't have a first, but I had a second or two seconds and a fourth kind of thing. So I, I, I made it. So I had Carolina. I had uh, a couple picks in the top four rounds. And so uh, why I hate Minnesota is because I figured with the first having multiple one, two, like one, one, two, two, three, three, four, four, they, that they would have been a powerhouse. And so like we, we talked about this, John, in terms of how Minnesota, like he was a rookie and whatever. Uh, this was his first uh, big time draft. So I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard. It's just mm -hmm. uh, having had that step ahead of everybody, it would have been nice just to see him be more of a powerhouse. So uh, fuck him in that regard uh, and not being able to utilize my one, two, three, and four, and then my two first <laughs> round picks to build a powerhouse. Like he's in the middle right now. So he squandered it. Um, fuck him for that. You kind of made me waste my picks and trading up. And so I, I'm mad in that regard. And then I'm also mad because I, I uh, in trading down after I traded up for team five, I ended up with Carolina and Carolina has multiple pigs on the team. Aho, Svechnikov, Dougie Hamilton, like those are all top end players. Yeah. And like, I don't just toss around pig lightly kind of thing. And then I had Nikas too. So like I traded Nikas and Sveshnikov for John Gibson because I figured Gibson was going to be a pig in terms of being a fantasy goalie because he gets all those starts. Who did you trade so, that to? Uh, to Ian. Yeah. So oh, um, that's where my one article kind of came from in terms of being able to understand goalie value and stuff like that. Uh, you got to understand starts and saves and then being able to equate them to players and stuff. So I totally miss, missed the mark in that regard because I gave up a 40-goal score for a goalie that doesn't even get 20, 25 wins in a season. So, uh, <laughs> oh, it doesn't look good, Don. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't so it, look good. No, it doesn't. It's definitely a learning experience. And so, I mean, that's all I could take from it. I'm happy for Anaheim. Fuck you, Anaheim. I hate I hate the new Anaheim GM. Fuck you, trade 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 him back. So uh throwing a lot of hate out there because I have a lot of hate right now because I'm very mad at the way that I've managed the team up till now. Um but that being said, uh I got the five first round picks for twenty twenty two. That's gonna be a deep draft. That's when the tank finally uh gets accelerated. So the I like my defensive prospects prospects. Uh the future kind of looks okay in terms of Carolina. Just I, I already know that the next probably five years we're not going to be anywhere near um, the top of the league. Uh, but that being said, we do have nice assets and we're always willing to help. So you're investing in the, the future, Carolina. right? Yep. Yeah, that actually leads me to my my question. Actually, I want to ask: Who do you think wins a championship first, you or your rival Spano? Because oh. Spano is, he's going for it now, but it's kind of that, um, you know, does he have enough gas in the tank or does he just putter out and then his team is just fucked for 10 I, years? I love these teams. Uh, these are the teams people should feast on. I feel like that Pierre-Luc Dubois trade you guys talked about was a feast uh, by whoever got 
uh, Cozens and uh, Olafson. Yeah, Yarmo. Yarmo, yeah. Good job, Yarmo. So, um, du- Dubois, like, let let's have this discussion right now. Uh, why, why do you think Dubois is going to be a pick in terms? Because right now that Columbus team looks exactly like Calgary did last season, and Sean Monahan was undoubtedly the one center, and he was nowhere near being uh, pick status, and yet everybody's talking the talk that Dubois is going to be this. Uh, revelation but really uh he scored 16 goals 24 points last season how many goals do you think he's going to score in a shortened season when he's always the one being centered centered on yeah i think i think that the the stats you're looking at at fan tracks right now are their projections for next year oh okay so yeah oh, last year like last year he had 18 goals 31 assists for 49 points in 70 games but the year before that he he had 27 goals, probably playing with Panarin, though. Um, yeah. What I see is, I just, from what I've read of, like, fantasy hockey, that, like, there's players that have the, the quote-unquote fourth-year breakout, where it takes them about 200 games to kind of get into the league. And then they they kind of have their pop-off. Uh, I could see, just, I don't know, watching him and play it, the play-ins, he was a point-a-game player, and he he put Columbus on his back in some some respects i could see him in his career being like a a 25 30 goal guy and like you know 55 50 assist like 80 points in 80 games and the other thing with dubois that i see what i would argue is as a young centerman in the league the coaches usually try and shelter them from face-offs but as they get older they they take more and more draws. And so I could yep. just see him uh, taking more and more draws. And, so, and he took uh, 800 draws last year to put things in perspective. So yeah, that's a lot of potential points there. Yeah, so that's kind of my, my thought yeah. process. I Plus, for one just yeah. think he's going to hang around the 5.5 range for, uh, for, for three to four years. And... Um, I think he could have some sixes in him, but I, I, he's not going to near seven or anything like that. He, he yeah, could be no. well fed at, at the greatest uh, at the greatest point, but for the for the most part, I think he's a five point five peak and six at times. Like for me, um, to get near or to get the six, you need to have good line mates as well. You like, you, you can only do so much on your own, until, yeah, until you need help, like. Uh, it's very true. Yeah, but you have and, to think Borgstrand was out the whole last season. He's going to be, and before he got injured, he was lighting it up. Um, so, I, I get that argument. It's just now you need both Bjorkstrand, Dubois, and their linemate to pop off. And who's their linemate? Cam Atkinson. Well, he's shown regression the past couple years, uh, especially once Panarin left. Like, he's been uh, pretty dull in terms of a fantasy wide player. So, like, to me, there's only four really relevant... Fa- like, to me, Seth Jones is in fantasy uh, relevant when it comes to point producing. Like, he's that shutdown role. So, it's Wierenski, Wier- uh, maybe Domi, Dubois, and, and Bjorkstrand. So, uh, and then Domi doesn't even, isn't even going to play on that line. He's probably going to be the second line center. So, uh, Dubois, Bjorkstrand are going to have to carry Caroline, or carry Columbus... But everybody's going to target that top line. So 
I don't know if they're just there yet in terms of being able to not only dominate a first line, but put up massive points against them too. So that's what makes me reserved about Dubois being over six points per game. But like Dubois said, uh, easily 5.5 just because you're getting all those face-offs. Uh, he, he is going to get points, um, but uh, 6.5 or even even 6.25, like Connor... Kyle Connor, for instance, let's pull him up um, because he had a really good season too. Um, and he scored 40 goals that season. That's why I like to use him as a reference without taking uh, face-offs. Um, just one second here. The one thing I just wanted to mention with PLD is that I took into consideration is he he hasn't missed, he's missed zero games in his NHL career so far. And I, I find those healthy guys, if you're a five-and-a-half-point-a-game player who plays 82 versus a six-point-a-game player who, you know, sometimes he misses 20 games, always misses those 5-10 games, it's sometimes nice yeah. to have that. That total point at the end of the – that total points is the five-and-a-half guy who plays all the games ends up getting more total points. Well, it's also tough to score points when you're playing a completely lockdown style like Columbus does, and I don't yeah. think Tortorella is just going to change that based off adding a couple of players. But the thing is, like Columbus has to because who's going to score the goals? Like, where are their quote unquote picks kind of thing? Like, they don't have that elite scorer that's going to be able to carry them when times are tough. Like Oilers throw out Connor and Leon when they're down 4-3 in the middle of the second, and all of a sudden it's 4-4 just because they know Leon are going to fucking score kind of thing. Uh, and Columbus doesn't have that ability. So I think you make a really good point in terms of uh, Tortorella being that shutdown, like, hey, you we got that one goal lead, or hey, it's, it's a tie game. We only need one. We're going to lock the shit down. Uh, Let's go out there, grind the hell out of it, get that one more goal. Let's make this a 2-1 game and then call it quits. We only need the two points kind of thing. So I think there's a different mentality in terms of scoring in Columbus right now. Um, and that that's why I would be reserved. Uh, with all that being said, if you have Wierenski, uh, you probably got a top 10 fantasy D in the league. So I, I would like hold on to him as if he was gold, really. Uh, really big fan of him. Uh, but then back to Kyle Connor. So like uh, a 40 goal scorer playing on the wing, he was only 5.5 or 5.58 points per game last season. So it's really, and like goals are the most valued points within the fantasy league. So scoring 40 goals and then only being a 5.58 point per game player. So it, it, I think that just kind of goes to show, show how hard it is uh, just to be a, a, a pig in terms of fantasy production. So that's just why I'm reserved on him. And then just uh, in general, um, while we're... Uh, what team were we talking about here? Because I'm on the player. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I that, forget. We what kind of were just rolling around. I think it was Vegas, right? We were on Vegas and somebody else. I'm not sure. Um, oh, the Dubois owner. Uh, yes, PL... Yeah, Spano. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, just back to the Islanders. Um, it, they're going to be a fun team. I would say if you have their first hold on to it, especially in the later years, because it's going to be a one-off season for them. Yeah, like, I would look, agree. Look how many UF, UFAs they have. 
definitely. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for them to bounce back next season. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to the questions from the crowd. Um, okay. We're going to, we're going to kind of hit these ones fast. We're going to, we're going to let you know what it, everybody's asking and then we'll, uh, we'll try and keep them short and then we'll, we'll get on to yeah. some quick questions from, from dubs and then kind of close this out. So okay. works for me. Steve from Michigan wants to know what was your favorite Ian moment? Favorite Ian moment? That stupid fucking hat picture. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty that was pretty funny. The fedora. I, it's I, I feel kind of bad, but it is hilarious that he bought the he he didn't buy the fedora for so long. And then he's like, you know what, guys, here, I'll buy the fedora. And <laughs> then he blows up and gets booted like a week later. Was... Uh, I thought that was funny because he was so proud of himself. Like he did it for clearly for the likes, and he he got at least his seven likes, eight likes. So good for him on getting. That's good for Ian. Yeah, yeah. So now the next one, Yarmo from Ohio is wondering what the hell is going on on in Long <laughs> Island. So he's asking you the question you asked him. Yeah. So we've talked about Spano too much this pod, but give us uh, give us your take. Yarmo. Or Yarmo, you know, I have no fucking idea. Uh, it's going to be a for Islanders this year. Uh, but it's going to be, like, like the way I talk, um, in terms of, like, talking big to the upper dogs, it's going to be a lot amplified once 2022 comes around and the Islanders are dog shit and going to be talking to the big dogs like they're still a big dog because of the 2021 season. So... It, it, it's going to be a lot worse, but just know that I'm here and I'll keep him in check, letting him know that his team's absolute fucking trash in 2022. So I, I got I got you, group chat. You love to see it. All right, next we have uh, another question about Spano. This one's from uh, Jim, Jim in Calgary. Do you think Spano is rebuilding or going for it and how picking <laughs> up Burns guy. helps him out? Uh, so, I mean... I'll say this with a, like a context or whatever before it. Uh, I I think like we've had trades, me and Islanders. I think it was really easy to talk trade with him. Uh, he's really funny and like at, at the end of the day, just goofing around. But fuck you, Islanders. Uh, your team's trash and I have no idea where you're going with it. Uh, picking up Burns for a first was probably the worst thing you could have done. There was a <laughs> but he was doing it, and he yeah. didn't do it. So, I mean, you brought in a, a $5.8 million 37-year-old defender for two years. Good on you. Um, it's not going to be much. Yeah, so now Spano actually taking a bit of a shot at you. What He says, Spano from Long Island asks, what was it that triggered Carolina to tear it down without your first in 2021? <laughs> yeah. Side uh, so, note, mucho respect for that. So I would say uh, it, it happened. It wasn't a teardown. It was just a gradual decline because when I built the team, uh, when I had all those mid or those like the sec, like I traded away Dougie Hamilton and it brought in seconds and stuff. So I still had Svechnikov, Aho, uh, before I traded him to Dallas and Nika. So I still had a couple pigs and then I did a good job drafting. So I, I had, or, and I also had Tara Bynan. I had Ehlers. So I had a, a number of players that not only were going to be high end, but were also 4.5 players. 
And so what where it really went wrong was where I was a little tight to the cap and instead of dropping players that uh, were fourth line players, I traded uh, Ellers and Teravainen away for defenders who I projected to have better seasons than they did. So like Vince Dunn, for example, and Rasmus Anderson uh, ended up costing me points in the season. Not to say I was going to have a good season, but then I also had injuries to Pat Nolan Patrick. And then I was also without a couple other 4.5 players. So my first couple weeks actually were not too bad in terms of uh, contending. Like I think even Jersey would, uh, agreed because we were tripping back and forth until uh, I started to fade away and that's just because of the bad trades that I made so um, that's just me learning from experience and then uh, where we're rebuilding now I would say this isn't rebuilt yet uh, we still have players on the team we're still going to win probably more games than are expected this season it's not going to be until next year until you see uh, the full rebuild and what it what it means to do a rebuild because right now uh, the teams rebuilding are doing it the fucking worst way possible and it's a joke it's an absolute joke <laughs> elaborate on that please i'm curious well like if you want to do the rebuild the right way um in fantasy hockey in a 31 dynasty league i think it, it all starts you, you need to have good defense and then build your defense because um one defense take the longest to develop. So, uh, say you draft all your forward prospects now, and then you'll worry about your defense later. Well, uh, you have all your forward prospects ready. Your defense prospects are still three years out, and then your forward prospects are all of a sudden asking uh, once they're three year contracts up to get paid. So it, it's going to throw you into like a cap hell kind of situation. I'm not going to name teams here in this regard. You have to figure out for yourself. Uh, so I wouldn't go that that way in terms of building talent. Uh, and then the, the other way would be, uh, like how I said, would be building from the back end out. And I don't see a lot of teams doing it in that regard because that takes time. And I don't think a lot of people are willing to put in the time. So I'll show you what it means to put in the time. I'll show you how to build from the back end out. And I'll show you how to do the rebuild the right way. Suck uh, it. You love to see it. Prove them, show them the theory and practice. So next we have Jer from New Jersey wants to know why you haven't started a podcast in your other league, the league where you're Gary. Uh, simple enough because uh, I know most of the people in that league and uh, even though they would enjoy where they are in their life, just uh, isn't at the stage where they would be listening to a podcast about a fantasy hockey league. Uh, on the daily basis kind of thing. Uh, they're more prudes. They're older dickheads in my respect. But I like them. They're, they're all my friends. It's just... Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 they have kids and stuff. They, like, they have things going on kind of thing where, uh, like, me, I don't have kids. I, I like the fantasy hockey. I'm trying to build a website kind of thing. This is my focus. So um, that's why you don't see the fantasy podcast in my league yet. That's fair. And then now Gardeep from uh, Scott Road is asking, do you still shower with your dad? (laughs) 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 That's a good question. And no, only on Sundays. 
<laughs> Sunday is his daddy shower day. Uh, I have to look at the corner and he rubs my back. It's a hard thing. <laughs> All right. Um, just one more here. Doug, Doug from St. Louis wants to know who you think is the most underrated and overrated team in uh, this league. That, uh, that's a good question. Uh, so, underrated, a lot of team. you could go a lot of ways with that. Um, the way I'll go with this is going to be uh, who's actually a good team but doesn't get the respect they deserve. Uh, and that to me, that would be a fuck you, uh, Ottawa. So you you hate to say it, you really do. Um, but to me, this screams a team like and, and you hate on you hate on Ottawa Cuck, and it's hilarious. But um, I don't think he's as old as you project him to be, and he makes the trades you have to make um, in order to keep your team um, not only contending but also young uh and by young i mean having pieces that uh, not only put you in a spot to contend but also have value for other gms where if they're rebuilding that they want those players so uh a big name for me is obviously uh, brady kachuk for example right so I mean, right now, if he wanted to, he would abs- you could absolutely flip Brady Kachuk for whatever you want. Um, you could also absolutely flip Brendan Gallagher, Boone Jenner, Sean Monaghan, Lion Descog. I mean, those are all players that people know produce, and so they would be willing to give up maybe a player that produces a point less per game along with a first uh, or maybe a second. And... The reason why I mentioned those trades is because he's made those trades, right? Like, you've seen Dubis make those trades kind of thing. Where, like, uh, we were talking about this before. Um, we, we thought he was absolutely fucked in terms of his team being old. And then he goes and then he landed a, a trade where he not only got the better player, but he got a first out of it and then became younger. So, um I, I hate it, and this is why he's on my fucking website for because I I do value his fantasy input, but f- I hate saying it. But yeah, um, Ottawa would be my team that will do better than what people expect, and then the team doing worse uh, than what people expect. Um, I always hated Vancouver, and I always hated St. Louis, um, and. For similar reasons, to me, they're just too old in terms of their main pieces. Mm-hmm. And I always thought there was going to be drop-off. Uh, a lot of people beg on Vancouver, so I'll focus more on St. Louis in this regard. And so, like, St. Louis, uh, Headman, I could, like, for me, Van- or Tampa Bay is going to regress in terms of their all-star talent. I think they're going to ride... Goudreau, uh, Coleman, uh, Sergeyev, uh, Cernak. I think they're going to, uh, who else? Uh, Point, Sorelli, anybody under 25, they're going to ride kind of thing. At least in my opinion, just because Coach Cooper already knows that the team's probably guaranteed a playoff spot. Uh, this is you. You hardly ever get a chance to do the repeat, and they have a great chance to do it. So, 
I, I'd be concerned about being uh, a headman owner. St. Louis also has D'Angelo. I'm a D'Angelo owner, and I've been trying to trade him away, and nobody wants D'Angelo whenever I offer him away for an even one-for-one. One. So uh, a lot of people are expecting D'Angelo to regress. He's got Getz, or Getzlaff, Jordan Stahl, Bergeron. Arguably, all are going to regress. So I, I believe St. Louis finished in the playoffs last season. Probably will finish in the playoffs this season, but not past round one. So yes, so you think they won't? They'll fit. They'll be definitely decent, but not as dominant as as some might expect, considering his results last year. Because I think he won the div last year. If I was but... a re, if I was a rebuilding team, I would be definitely targeting St. Louis's first and offering. Uh, a player who you think is going to regress in the next couple of seasons, but shows to be a good player right now. So it would be like pulling the the wool over the wolf's eyes kind of thing. You want? Yeah, yeah. I think Doug's uh, going going uh, for it this year, seeing what he can do. And by if by the trade deadline he doesn't uh, see a road to the ship, then he's gonna sort of start. I think blow it up rebuilding on the fly i don't think, know if it's necessarily going to be a big blow up right away but i think he's just going to wait for that trade deadline to make a educated decision to be honest yes. lewis doesn't strike me as the most brightest gm so uh i i can see them dipping all in and then that's when us rebuilders are going to come in for the uh, feast perfect <laughs> the perfect feast. the feast wait for the feast so now uh, that's it for the questions from the crowd. Uh, thank you, everybody, for submitting your questions. We appreciate them for every guest. Um, gets everyone a little bit more involved. Everyone has a little bit more of a say. So we're going to try and do this every pod. We think people like it. So make sure in the coming weeks to get your questions in. Uh, Dubes, we're going to pass it off to you with some quick questions for Don. So these are just real short, sweet answers, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So yeah, we just uh, just a couple questions to end it here, Don. Uh, great episode so far. So let's start it out. One team to swap with. What? Um, even though uh, it would have to be actually <laughs> fuck me, cuck. <laughs> uh, I, I I like the youth that you're building from the back end. You got Lindell. You got Askrov. Those are all two pieces I'm pretty big on. So. You love um, to see it. Yeah, so unbelievable. much shit. You love to see it. Astro super fan over there. Yes, we both are. Yeah. Uh, let me actually pull up his roster real fast because there's other key players that I actually enjoy too. So um, it'll actually kind of highlight what a good rebuild kind of looks like. So Adam Fox, Owen Tippett. Uh, he's got Trochek, Tatar. Uh, Barkov. So, so uh, let let me start with the the main pieces. When you're going into a rebuild, however fast it may be, you always need all star talent. So having Barkov uh, is the all star talent. Like you don't need many; you just need one pig kind of thing. And if you can build around him, that's the way to do it. So he's got Barkov, and then he's got Trocheck, Henrik, and Tatar. So I mean, they're all complementary players, but they're very solid. So like uh, last year, Trocheck finished. Uh, over six points a game. Oh no, this he's projective. Fucking projections. Uh, but <laughs> still, uh, even still, like Trochek's going to be that Carolina second center line, and Carolina is going to be a very solid team. So it's a matter of having uh, more support players coming into the system since you already have those high end talent. 
and then that's where Lundell, Holtz, Krastov, uh, all come into play because, and then more more cider. So he's got those young pieces who everybody projects to be very influential into the NHL. So it's a matter of if he can accelerate them and getting them into a position that matches up with Barkov because Barkov has two years left until he's ten million, and I have yet to see a team with a ten million dollar player win the league. So uh, very hard to do. Uh, I do think he's on a window. Um, but he's definitely got the right pieces, and that's why I would switch with him. Uh, and then let's just look. So he's got a first. Uh, the only thing I'd be reserved about would be the amount of first-round picks and why he doesn't have a 2022. Uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't have his first-round pick um, for for next year, given where he is. That would be my only... Uh, yeah, I feel like if he tore it, tore, if he tanked one more season, it would be uh, like it would even enhance it even more. But but he's he's gonna have a chance. We'll see how if all the players develop at the same time and whatnot. In this regard, he kind of pulled the panel. He doesn't have any of his first, and his team isn't going to be in position to win. So, um, I mean, I don't have my first this year, but I thought I was going to be winning in twenty, uh, or twenty nineteen. Uh, John knew he wasn't going to be winning this year, and yet when he got his 2022 first, he traded away. So that part doesn't make sense to me. But he's got Valimaki, Tarasenko, R- R- Ristolainen too, who I didn't name. So, I mean, he's got those players. I just don't think he's a winning team. And when you're not a winning team, you should probably keep your first. Yeah, that's fair. I Also, I have uh, like Sagan, Tarasenko. They're both injured right now. but Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. There are other big names. I we'll see how it plays out. I have so far what my plan is, my big super secret plan. That's not really that super secret. I well, have can about we talk about it. I have yeah. about probably seven or eight players that are minors eligible that I think should make their NHL rosters more than likely. Like Trennan signed a one-way deal. Bemstrom still minors eligible. He's probably playing for sure. Tippett's playing for sure. Uh, Valimaki, Romanov, both playing for sure. Um, there's talk Studnicka will pl- probably play for sure. I think for especially well, um, Pasternak and, uh, Marchand are out. I think he's just one of those guys that will just work his way onto the roster. He's just kind of too good, too good to ignore. Uh, Alexi Sorella, I could see him making Florida. They're pretty easy to make. Um, and so I have about three open roster spots and I'm just going to try and roll these guys through. And I think I'll be able to, to kind of compress a ton of minutes into the weeks, but we shall see if it actually works out or just blows up in my face. So yeah, no, yeah. I can't. I can't argue with that. I think those are all good points, and uh, it, it's pretty cool because on the podcast we talked about Elmer Soderblom, and you have him here. So uh, yeah, out of the people that do the drafting, uh, you have definitely impressed me. Uh, somewhat the most uh, within this league in terms of prospect knowledge. So um, that's very valuable because now you're able to flip those players. So uh, I will give you that kudos, even though you're a cuck. I appreciate that. Thank you. So what's the next, uh, next one, dudes? Who's your arch nemesis? Arch Oh, it's Spano. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck him. Uh, (laughs) Your top two prospects. Uh, pardon? Your top two prospects. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
to be honest, uh, I thought the prospect ranking was fairly adequate in terms of where they nailed my prospects. I would have thought Nikes was a high-end prospect, but uh, labeling him a B was pretty fair. So uh, I, I, I would say it's just like a five-way tie between Nikis, Liam Foody, Bjornfoot, Cam York, Nils Lundqvist, Michael Rasmussen. To me, they're all in the same where they're going to be uh, a fantasy-relevant player, just not a pig. And the next one, Dubs? Well, um, one word to describe a good friend of ours, Chaka. We've uh, we've been in a couple leagues with him. What's one word to describe him? So, I'll give context for those that don't know, but me and Chaka went to school together, so I, I actually know Chaka really, really well. Um, we're actually good friends. We even worked together for a little while, too, so uh, he's really funny. I, I, I enjoy him. Uh, I've always liked the guy. If I were to describe him in one word, beauty. <sighs> no, I wouldn't go Cut. in that regard, especially if you saw a selfie of him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one he gives me good laughs, so. though. He is funny, um, but but he's ugly fat guy funny. Where where you have to be funny because you know that's the only way you can make friends. So that that's who Chaiko was growing up. Uh, one word though, uh, I I would say he's there. Uh, that that's he's, how I would describe. He's that, there. That. He's there. <laughs> he's present. He's he's existing. Like oh hey John, that's how I would describe Chaika. He's there. Perfect. Uh, division winners. Uh, all four divisions. Whip them off. Okay. Uh. I don't know the, the like the divisions offhand, so I'm just going to pull up the just so I can see where each team is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. No rush. Um, so I would have to say, uh, let's start in the central, just because that's where the uh, fan tracks is. Oh yeah, so I updated I the division. So these are all the new divisions for what uh, what should be for our playoffs. Oh, okay. So I will be in the central this year. Uh, yes, yeah, so I believe so. With the rear range, real Carolina is in the central. So, so whoever's in the central with me, uh, let let's see who I can beat here. I could probably take the crap out of maybe Tampa and Columbus. Uh, in the central, uh, I would say Cluck would Cuck would be a sleeper with Detroit being the favorite. And normal being a for sure in. Uh, I I also I like Dallas. Uh, I don't like Nashville, uh, and I don't like Chicago. Tampa Bay lost Kucherov, so that's a bummer. So yeah, Tampa Bay pretty much lost their lost their chance at winning the ship. So that's the Central uh, East. Uh, East is interesting. Lots of heavy hitters in the East. <laughs> I would say if I was to take a favorite, I was stick with Washington just because I like Leon Dreisaitl and he's got the thick roster. Like, I think Leon's going to pop off this year again. Yeah, I see him doing basically what he did last year. Like, just destroying I, the league. I see him doing better just because the Oiler power play was so stupid in terms of having five left, uh, left-handed left players on the power play. So, yeah. 
just being able to have a right shot one timer where he could fake the pass even to Barry and then just rip a shot himself. Like he's got one of the best shots in the game. It's stupid. So I love watching Leon. Like that's a cool thing living by Edmonton. You get to watch Leon and Connor play. So uh, you guys get uh, Pedersen, Besser, Miller. We get Connor and Leon. So suck at Vancouver. Uh, we we actually do hate you guys here in the Edmonton area. Like fuck you guys. Like you don't even know what snow is, do you? Snow right now. Snow <laughs> just caused power. Is that what delayed the the fucking the pod? Yeah, no, we actually got a good dump, like six inches maybe. Snow caused the power outage. That would be hilarious here. Yeah, it snowed here in Alberta. Yeah, we're without power. What the fuck? <laughs> so, so yeah, you Vancouver, you uh, BC people have life really easy here. At least that's what we think you fucking hippies are in Alberta. Uh, the North. Uh, sticking with tradition, tradition here. Uh, I I don't like Calgary. <laughs> I I really yeah. Let's like... hear. Speak more on that. Actually, let's hear it. Let's hear it. And well, and this I, might lead out to call out one GM. I like Calgary asset. Like he was. He's always been very easy to talk to. It's just the team. I I just don't like it in terms of being able to bring home a championship. I mean, he's got the talent. It's just uh, where his talent is. Like, I don't like Marner for $10 million. Uh, you don't see teams with $10 million players win the championship. Uh, uh, he's got Watson, Roussel, Radulov. So, I mean, he's got a lot of complementary players, but it, they're also utility players in the terms, in terms of, like, if you're on a 16-team Yahoo Fantasy League, you would see all these guys on the waiver wire. So their only value comes from collecting hits and face-offs. So, I mean, you don't want to base a team that comes around from collecting hits and face-offs because when push comes to the shove, uh, when Calgary comes up against, say, like an Ottawa team, uh, Ottawa is going to be having those points, right, where he's got yeah. guys collecting goals, and goals are five goal or five points per goal. So, Dubis gets 15 goals. 15 times five is some number I don't know, but how many hits is that? where you need 60 points to equal yeah. 15 goals. That, that was part of my theory on the Monaghan for Wilson deal. I, I felt like I had too much grinding. Like, I had a great team of just, like, workhorses, but I felt like I just wanted to add a goal scorer. I mean, I, I mean, some people say I lost that trade. It's, 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 it's for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah it, it, it could be. Did, but you win, you win most of them, so you're, you're bound to oh, toss yeah. one in the other yeah. column once in a while. The only reason why I think he lost that trade is because how how many Tom Wilsons are there where you got a twenty goal scorer who plays in the top sec top six with Kucherov or uh, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Verana, Backstrom. And so like he's bound to get points. He's always gonna be that banger guy because that's who he is by nature. So like for him to be a five point five point player is would be his minimum. For Monaghan, that would be maybe his average to high average. So that's why I think people think he lost the trade, especially because uh, Wilson signed a lot longer and Monaghan yeah. would be fading away, at least in terms of my, like in the next 31 thoughts, I talk on Monaghan. And I, I think Monaghan's going to be fading away because Elias Lindholm, I think Calgary might want to push him forward just because he's been so strong in Calgary. So if he could take over that one C, 
and maybe move Monaghan back. I think that might ease Monaghan, but that's just yeah. Like, no, yeah, Jimbo got me. Uh, no, it's it's not a knock. It's just if you're no, a, no. I definitely, I definitely agree. But my my theory could still be true. I I do think he's going to be doing it for longer than Wilson, just because when yeah. when Ovechkin does end up fading. Yeah. Um, is Wilson still going to be that same player? Is he is he going to be bashing bodies till he's thirty six? Is he going to like you know? Well, it's a five year contract and he's twenty five, so I mean he could still bash for it. No, for years. sure, for the first five years. I guess I was thinking a bit longer term too, but I mean, yeah, like it makes sense. Like you 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 trade those second line bangers for first line centers. It's just my only reservation would be could you have got someone better than Sean Monaghan? Um, th- that's my reservation. Just because I've seen you do trees in the past before. Like, maybe you didn't even need Sean Monaghan. Maybe you needed someone like Dylan Stroman a first, and then you could have used that Dylan Stroman a first, and then you could have propelled yourself up beyond. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I, I am for one for just making trades when I'm like when I yeah. see everyone making trades, I definitely get in there and just make dumb trades at times. So I, well, it's, it's not a, I like, feel everyone does that, yeah. though. Yeah. No, it's absolutely one of those hockey trades. It's just uh, one of those things where we could talk about and di- dissect it where this is maybe where you lost value kind of thing. And it's just such a nitpicking thing. But when you nitpick, that's what determines maybe the, the top end team from a team that got knocked out in the eighth round. Or in, in the top eight kind of thing. So for sure. I, I, I just think yeah, that, that that's just something neat for us to talk about and expand upon. Yeah. All right. So now the next uh, dubs. What's your next last last question? Well, it's time for the favorite segment. Call out one GM. The floor is yours. One Call minute. One. Say whatever you want. Whatever you want. No holds barred. Name the GM and go out. <laughs> Let him. loose a little here, Don. I think I called out a whole bunch here. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Uh, Dallas, I'll, I'll just go through the list here of what the standings has, and I'm just going to list off 31. Um, Jersey, Jersey, you did good last year. You did, you impressed me both in this league and my league, so kudos to you, but fuck you. Uh, Vancouver, your team's a bum. You're old. I don't think you're going to contend. So tear it down. Tear it down. Yeah, yeah. Tear it down. Tear it down. Uh, Justin in Arizona, um, you're basically a one one person team right now with Jake Gunsell. So have fun riding the waves of him. Once he gets hurt, your team's going to be a bum again. Winnipeg, you're not even on my roster. Florida. All the best to you, but you're not going to win the cup. Jackets, see Florida, Tampa Bay, uh, Colum- or, uh, Kucherov's out, so suck it. You're not going to win. LA, um, LA, LA's in my league. He's got Connor and Leon who carried them past me uh, when I was He's made a couple runs. Playoffs, and that was absolutely devastating. You're not a good GM. You basically carry off of Connor and Leon. And in this league, you lucked into Pasternak, it's down coast. So, uh, fuck you, you're not a good GM, you're lucky. San Jose, a good job. Uh, Montreal. <laughs> uh, Montreal, I don't even notice you. New York Islanders, uh, I think you might even be. New York Islanders, they even joke themselves, so I'm not even going to talk about them anymore. Anaheim Ducks, you've made good trades, so I won't. I won't. 
relish on the new guy. Rangers, I don't notice you. Golden Golden Knights, you're going to be about as good as me. Buffalo, a noticeable. Pittsburgh, uh, you're going to be a first-round knockout. Nashville, noticeable. Chicago, noticeable. Detroit, uh, Detroit, I think might have the one of the better chances. It, to me, it's a Detroit, Chicago, or Detroit, Colorado, Ottawa runaway in terms of who's going to win it. Um, honestly, since the uh, playoffs come down to like a one week, if they could get one, if a team can get one lucky week against Detroit, one of those three, that's the only way they're going to get knocked out. If one of those three makes it to the final two weeks. Oh, yeah. Final two weeks. Kamish just throws it out there that we should get rid of that .5 week because Kamish makes a fucking deal out of it. What a lawn chair. Who does that? I would have told Dubis to shut up. No, but that that's actually it. a valid point, and I take that, that point very seriously. I, I just completely despise having playoffs in the final week of uh, the season. I just... Honestly, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I just like to play the devil's advocate. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote, just just stir the shit pot, basically. Yeah, like it, it totally makes it com- makes complete total sense to me. But I'll argue to the day that I die that we should keep it two weeks. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you're so indifferent, but yeah, you're dying on this hill. <laughs> I'll die on this one. Yeah, like how we change the rules and all that kind of stuff. Like, to me, I, I don't care. Change the rules as long as we have a majority. Let's just uh, not be so fast to do it when we only have six people voting yes with four people voting no. Uh, that that was my that's, only qual. That's not quite what the poll was, but... Hey, sure. Can we check the numbers? <laughs> like, that's how I remember it, uh, and that's how it's going to be remembered. But, yeah, I did get called out for that. I thought that was funny, so... Um, but, but, yeah, let's uh, just go down the list real fast so we can end off this podcast. Minnesota, you're a bum. Boston, you're a bum. Edmonton's a bum. Flyers, you're a bum. Washington, well, I guess Washington, I should have included them in my top four in terms of Columbus, Colorado, Colorado, whoever else is contending. I don't even yep. know. We know what you mean. Not contending. Uh, Dallas, you're a pretender. Even though you try hard, uh, Dallas, you should probably tear it down, in all honesty. Uh, Calgary, turn it, tear it down. And uh, last one, but certainly not least, Colorado. Yeah, you, you've got my respect. So th- there's only five GMs that really have my respect in here. Other than that, uh, everybody else uh, is either dormant or proved themselves to be a complete dummy in my eyes. <laughs> I'm, one those, I'm one of those dummies right now just because of how my team turned out, but in the next five years, my team's not going to be in the bottom of the basement. So, uh, have have your fun trip, trip Carolina while you can, but suck it. Um, yeah, you can suck the farts out of my ass. I'm going to be coming to the top soon. <laughs> you love, love to hear it. it. What, what an episode! Uh, that was good shit, Bill. We we appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to talk with us. The people are going to love it. Um, any last words? Uh, n- fuck you, Commissioner. All right. Sweet. I agree. <laughs> I, I had that coming, as all commissioners do. So, <laughs> um, 
on that note, we'll call it. Um, till next week, everyone have a Merry Christmas and hope you enjoy uh, listening to this during the holidays. Hey, Merry be Christmas, safe. Everyone. Have Thank a great Christmas, guys. This was great. All right.